Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. I'm here with my lovely wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins. How you doing today, baby? Good morning. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. We should not still be in bed at this time, but that's what we're doing today. I had a long week. How was your week? It was a good week. I had a good week. Um, Did y'all have a good week? Uh, give me a yes or no in the chat if you had a good week. Um, got a lot of stuff done. Saw some um interesting Lizzo and Meek Mill stuff, which we're gonna talk about later. Lizzo, Lizzo, Lizzo you know, like I get in trouble whenever I talk about Lizzo. So I'm, I need you to rain, reel me in. Well, you know, Lizzo is never boring. She's always has something for us to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's Lizzo keeping, keeping our attention. She stays relevant. You know, shout out to Lizzo. Yeah, bravo for that because it's when when no one's talking about you. That's terrible. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And then Meek Mill, the the rapper. Do you know much about Meek Mill? I do not know Meek Mill. Okay, well, Lizzo, Sorry. <laughs> Lizzo, and Meek Mill kind of made the news this week because there was. Um, some interesting stuff going on. By the way, Stacey Alvarez needs you to know that her um, week was awesome. Oh, well, I just great. think it's important to acknowledge. So, and Sweet Great Mom is out of Philadelphia. And, uh, and you know, I love to shout out to my friends in Philly because Philly's awesome. And Thornton III has already seen the album cover. He says it's the dumbest album cover ever. <laughs> so there we go. All right. So give me a yes or no. Let's, before we get started, how many of you... Um, as you hit the thumbs up button also, please hit the thumbs up button. This is Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. We believe in black intelligence, and so we ain't scared to be smart. Uh, so it, uh, how many of you saw what was going on with this Meat Mill album cover? Uh, give me a yes or no. Or if you saw anything about Lizzo and uh, this interesting outfit, because I think it all fits under what I believe <laughs> could be a fun and thoughtful conversation about um, the boundaries of hip hop. How do we balance free expression with, you know, with saying, okay, enough is enough, um, dealing with the record labels that, you know, spend billions of dollars promoting images of black people that are crazy. Shout out to Dave Chappelle for giving us the freedom mm -hmm. to talk about that. You ain't gonna say nothing negative about gay people, but you got all kinds of chaos, you know, when it comes to black folks. You can say whatever you want about black people, <laughs> but you disrespect Jewish people, Asian people, gay people. It's a problem. Well, let's see what happens because so far, it. How do you think it's been received? You well, think, I don't like, know. Some Let... people receive it well. Some people don't. It's like, what's what? What do you mm, think is going on? That's a great million dollar question. So, so to begin this conversation, okay. which I want to be respectful and I want it to be, you know, it ain't nothing against Lizzo. This is not a, against Lizzo or against Meek Mill. I want to make that hundred percent clear. I'm gonna probably say it a thousand times so people don't think that we don't dislike Lizzo or Meek Mill. But here's the image. Um, uh, I want to put them next to each other, actually, so you can kind of see them both. Um, the one on the left is obviously Lizzo, and this is the outfit that Lizzo... Actually, let me give you the Lizzo it's one purple. First. She wears this purple. She went to Cardi B's party. <laughs> Look at that. And, uh, you know, it's a Cardi B party, you know, ain't no party like a Cardi B party because a Cardi B party don't stop, right? It's so, her birthday party? Is that what it was? I don't know. We don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't... It doesn't even matter. It doesn't make when you're ratchet, you need no excuse to party. You okay. just do it. Okay. So she goes to the Cardi B party and she wears this outfit, which is like I, my friend John Jamerson. He's a little. He's an OG. Uh -huh. He said. He said, "Man, I don't need to see all the groceries." <laughs> <laughs> so what do y'all think? Give me uh, uh, like describe a... this outfit in one word. 
Describe this outfit in one word. Look at the look on her face. Do you see the look on her face? What do you see? What do you see? She does not look. I can't see from here because my. But you know what? Um, she does not look very sure of herself. She looks a little worried, insecure. Yeah, but but so much confidence. Like you know, Tierra KJ Williams, Miss Black Hollywood, our friend. (laughs) She said she puts up a picture of this and says, "I I wish one day I could have this much confidence." Oh, yeah, because it takes first. I think I like that statement Tierra made mm. because it does take a lot of nerve to walk around like that. <laughs> she didn't even make it. Yeah. And you know what? To do anything successful, it's going to take a lot of nerve. So I think drawing from that sort of wow, that but, took but balls, is, that took guts. <laughs> but is this successful? I mean, are no, you really? Well, she was successful in being courageous. She because was, not many people would walk around like that. Well, she was definitely successful at something, right? But I and I think that that mm-hmm. when I think about Lizzo, I'm, all, I'm even always wondering, like, what is really success? Like, do we really just think success is when a white man gives you a pile of money to act like a a, a clown in public? I, I'm not saying Lizzo's being a clown. You people can have their own opinion, but really, like, like so if, if they if somebody said, because you know, there's always a white man behind the scenes somewhere saying, "Go, go, girl, that you, 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 you slayed that girl." I I think there's always who gave her that outfit. Like I'd like to know, know. like (laughs) what happened. What was their thinking? Poor baby. First of all, I don't even know how sanitary that is. Like, okay. I love you so much. Just worried about it. I love you so much, but I swear, if if I had met you before we got married and you wore an outfit like this, I I would have to love you from a distance. Look at that. And she's got pasties on her boobs because she doesn't want to show everything, boys. <laughs> Come on, a, she's got some Is dignity. that a pasty? I thought that was her nipple. Oh, is that actually her? I don't know. Is that? I think she, it looks is like that she, her real? She damn near oh, naked. She didn't cover anything up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. so let's take this nudity. off the screen because some people some, some, <laughs> some people getting traumatized. They got babies watching. We ain't trying to scare the babies. But let's let's change the subject for a minute. I want to show everybody something I'm really super proud of. If you want to know what we've done with our week this week, and we'll get back to uh, Lizzo and Meek Mill in a minute, but I figured it'd be uh, fun to talk about what we did this week. So we, what we did we do this we, week? We, we actually outdid the we wanted to outdo the neighbors, and I told I, I, a guy that works <laughs> for us, I said I want to show off to the neighbors, and I want to kick ass halloween display so we <laughs> we really set our house up for halloween and uh we even That's have like a part of the display. We, we even have like a casket in the front yard okay so let's do is that r.i.p yeah let's do r.i.p to black stereotypes oh <laughs> that's a that good way there. that's good that's good yeah so me and the baby Kill got it. in the casket i got in first and she got it It was too big for, it was too small for me and it was real awkward but she got in and and, and that she's probably i think she's in it right there like right now <laughs> literally your child was in the casket yesterday how terrible and traumatizing that is, is that's, that that's great though. yeah yeah okay so back to back to liz Hart. so here's another thing that, that happened this week that was kind of a big deal um there's a rapper by the name of meek mill um, how many of you know the rapper Meek Mill? Uh, give me a yes or no if you've heard of Meek Mill, uh, if you know who Meek Mill is. Um, and uh, and I want to I want to lay this all out with with due respect to Liz on Meek Mill as talented artist, uh, but Meek Mill uh, also got some conversation, which I think was it's a, it could be appropriately linked to what happened with Lizzo um, because he put out he put out this album. And he, uh, his album cover was was a little bit, you know, people were kind of concerned about it. So you kind of look at the album cover here, and you've got um, what appears to be kind of a reflection of what I think might be like stripper culture. You got the dice okay. up there. You got the dollar signs. 
you have the car, you have the obviously naked women. And there was a white guy who went ballistic. Did you see that white guy? No, I did not see it. Oh, this white guy just starts screaming and cussing and yelling. He's like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? And he's like, black women, is this what you want? He said, this was on a city bus. Children are looking at this. And and I'm so let me ask you this. How how would you uh, for the parents in the room, how would you feel if your child went by and saw a city bus and it had you know images of black women that were topless? You got another one where there's a pink dot where the women's vagina is located. A little um, tiny pink dot too. It's not covering much of nothing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they went out of the way to make sure you you were a hundred percent clear that that's where the vagina was. Um how on a you- bus. On, on the, the side of a bus. Yeah. Really? Yeah, maybe huh. maybe school maybe she's doing school buses too. I don't know. Somebody said, Oh, I will file a complaint. Ramona says she will file a complaint. It's disgusting. Says Allison. Uh Kalisha is disgusting. I'd be curious to know, you know Who put that on the bus? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who said, Okay. <laughs> Let's. That's a that's good idea. Red, green light. Let's just put that on the bus. <laughs> yeah. We could put anything on the bus, please. You know, I I guess so. You should put some of your stuff on the bus, on the side of a bus. No, my stuff is too radical. Because <laughs> too radical. Intelligent black people are are like. Are, but you are, don't know. Are are seen as terrorists? It'd be different if I was a thug. If I put pictures of like naked women and crack cocaine or something, maybe a black man smoking crack or something, you know, or a black man killing another black man, they probably put that on a bus. But you can't put that black and intelligent like, like you know, let's build wealth. What together. have you tried? Has anybody stopped you? That is so true. Has anyone stopped you? Has I mean, just in general, have you ever been stopped I don't like want, that? I don't want to put anything on the bus. I know you don't. That I know you don't. That just doesn't mean anything to me. No buses, no billboards. I care nothing about that. So. Okay, but um, but has anyone stopped you from wanting to put your stuff somewhere? Well, what happens is, honestly, when you have black people that really work to the benefit of black people, not to the detriment of black people, mm-hmm. there are some who believe that there are institutional factors that do block that, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, they'll have no problem putting this on the side of a bus, a, a naked black woman with her booty out and vagina out, mm-hmm. but they won't let, like, Louis Farrakhan come speak at your school mm-hmm. because somehow Louis Farrakhan is more dangerous to them. Mm-hmm. Again, a black man who has not hurt anybody, who has been speaking positively about the black community who's been encouraging black people to black men to take care of their families and to protect black women somehow this guy's a threat but yet this stuff is completely acceptable and it's very juvenile i mean it's a, it looks like a cartoon it's yeah. like something a child would really be attuned to well you know uh, mm-hmm. oh ooh, that's interesting so you think they might it's even almost like it's marketed to kids well, wouldn't you think? Mm. Yeah. Well, well, you know there was um there was this thing where Lizzo was on TikTok. You know, kids use TikTok, and she's on oh. TikTok, and she was on her knees like like she was sucking a man's penis. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of ratchet stuff on TikTok too. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, uh, everybody, you're listening to Pillow Talk with Doctor Boyce and Doctor Alicia. This is where me and my um, nerdy professor wife uh, lay together uh, against pillows, and we talk about all the interesting things that are happening in the world. And so if you would like to uh, follow us, uh, feel free to uh, hit the subscribe button, um, hit the thumbs up button wherever you are right now. And also there is like a Patreon. uh, If you would like to take a look at it, it's intelligentblackpeople.com. So feel free to take a look at that. Um, So, so yeah, so you have Lizzo out here and you have um, the Meek Mill image. Now I want to ask y'all a question. Uh, Give me a yes or no. 
uh, it was it was brought out to the public right after this art went out and everyone said this is disrespectful to black women and there was outrage. People came back with an argument that I've heard before where they basically said this artwork was done by a black woman. So give me a yes or no. Does that make a difference for you that this was done by a black woman? Like, do you feel like that makes it okay? Like, is, do they get a pass because a black woman, uh, you know, made this painting or what? Like, what what do you guys think? What do you think, uh, Ben? No, I don't think you get a pass at all just because you're black. I mean, there are black people who are heads of institutions that carry out racism and white supremacy in their own institution and organizations. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have, it doesn't matter. It's, it's more of a principle, you know, that gets carried out. It doesn't make a difference. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. It so, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing is, if you get into identity politics, it allows you to fall for a lot of bananas in the tailpipe mm-hmm. because somebody will say, well, I'm black just like you. Yeah, it doesn't give you a pass. And you're like, right? oh, you're black like me. That means I'm safe with you. And then they stab you in the eye. <laughs> they cut your nuts off. You're like, wait, but you are black like me. Yeah, I'm black. I'm your friend because I'm black. Yeah, I will say <laughs> it's happened to me before personally, and it hurts more when it's another black person. Mm. Oh, I'm just like, Cause golly. Because you let I, your guard down. I do. And I'm like, oh, I expected it from white people, but now it came from you, and it just hurts. Ooh, you know <laughs> what You know people. what that made me think about? is what when We were listening to Bobby Hemmett, and Bobby Hemmett uh-huh. uh, made that comment where he said, somebody will be speaking all the right language, wearing the dashikis, you mm-hmm. know, got the dreads, and they'll be a damn agent. That's right. They'll be a damn agent because mm-hmm. they studied you. They study your, you like a rat lab. They know your language. They know mm-hmm. your culture. They know everything they need to do to make you say, oh, you're just like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So maybe these, maybe some, some of the rappers are like almost like a little bit like agents in unintentionally. Of course they're agents. They don't know that they're an agent. I mean, there's different, there's levels to this voice. <laughs> there's levels. There's levels to this. But yeah, for sure. They're yeah. carrying out someone's mission. Well, let me mm-hmm. let me stop and say thank you to the blue collar intellectual. That's a great name. I like that. Blue collar, blue collar intellectual. That means it's a hardworking man. See, that's a perfect black man. I like hardworking that. and intelligent. I got well, it's blue Shut collar up. is white collar is hardworking too. Blue collar is just a different type of hard work. True. And um, and I like the intelligent part because there are a lot of blue collar workers who are brilliant, mm. and just because they don't have a piece of paper. Saying mm. that they graduated from this institution, that you know they're less than. So no, yeah, I love that. True. I like Good that point. title. And we know a lot of white collar idiots too. So <laughs> um, yeah, the blue collar intellectual. Thank you for your donation. So I'm gonna read this comment. He says, "This is where they wanted our culture to go. They wanted to destroy the power of the black family to stop our rise. They only pushed the negative to hurt our growth." Well, let me lay something out here for y'all that might actually confirm um, what the blue collar intellectual is saying. Somebody put this meme up. And I thought this was really fascinating. So I want y'all to just kind of look at that and just think, you know, let's just think about this. Let's reflect on, let's just look at this for a minute, reflect on this. So here you have an image, um, which was a more typical image in 1960. Before integration, Mm -hmm. before white people gave y'all all that so-called progress, right? You had a black family. You got the mother, the father, the three children, everybody looking happy. Everybody and the father's wearing a tie. The mother's got her pearls on. Dressed up. You, you, You like, you can see them like, sitting at the table for dinner every night, really having like a stable household. Yeah. And then you got the bottom image, you know, the, the poor mom trying to raise the four kids by herself. Um, kids are hard work. And look at them. They're all just kind of like out there. 
Yeah, and they they don't look. Sometimes it's like sadness. It's she like, can barely hold both of them to at the same time. She's struggling in that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you so you got you know like like and these Im- images like mm-hmm. that really hit hit a lot of people. A lot of people were like, "What happened?" Yeah, because in the '60s, what was going on in the '60s? Man, black children were learning at a at a higher rate. Mm. I think their test outcomes were much higher than whites white kids. Well, we were know, outperforming white kids at that time in the 1960s. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. you know, Brother Nuri Muhammad, who's actually coming to the All Black National Convention, uh, made an excellent point. And what Nuri said was he said that in the 1950s, before integration, mm-hmm. the three main influences of Black youth were the school, the church, and the home. He said now the three major influences of Black children are their peers, the media, or sorry, so the, yeah, sorry, their peers, social media, and music. Their peers, social media, and music, mm-hmm. and most of that is not going to lead to any kind of success or empowerment. Yeah, and you know what? It may have even back in the 1950s; those things may have also influenced children too, but mm-hmm. it didn't only influence children, like. There right. were other things that were just as impactful. That's a good back point. Then. And then at that time, all of that media, I think music and media is the same thing. <laughs> like I, I can so. put that in the same category because it's all media. Everything mm. is just media. But yeah, I would agree with him. Really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's kind of, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'd want to be in the situation on the bottom. It doesn't. And I think what's interesting to me is how, it, you know, it's because I don't, I don't think you can disconnect this you know, from the glorification of this, mm-hmm. right? If you look at this culture, what this culture represents, it doesn't seem to represent something that is going mm-hmm. to create empowered families. You know, it's it's built on that low, the lower vibrational, lower frequency, mm-hmm. like well, sex, sex, sex. Don't get me wrong. I mean, even back in the 50s and 60s, there were some ratchet places, yeah. but they were contained in one spot in the, in the uh, neighborhoods, or not a neighborhood, but in the in the city so it'd be like okay where was it down at the pool hall remember the pool hall the pool hall down at the pool and, and hall and then your grandma would beat your ass when she what found you doing out down you... in that pool hall <laughs> ain't nothing good happening down at the pool hall <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so we got pool hall culture going on right now everywhere <laughs> and you can't stop it they're promoting it to the children and the children sign up for this and then they end up like in these you know like like this all of this stuff this fast Fast money, fast vagina culture creates that bottom picture. Mm-hmm. You know, it create it, it's 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 kind of like you know, there's no sort of long term plan. There's no sort of thinking about okay, should I put my penis into this woman or will could that okay. lead to bad it's outcomes? So graphic, boys. I know that's so graphic, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. You you don't need to be letting everybody have access to your body. Uh-huh. Seriously. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Maybe that was kind of that, that's true. That was it kinda, was very graphic, but that's that was okay. ratchet. That, I'm it's just, okay. I'm just as ratchet as Lizzo. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I need to quit. But yeah, so so I think it's kind of like one of these just one of these things where like I, I find it interesting that we can't connect like this image to that. Like like you know the question is which do you want? Do you want the top or the bottom? And we've learned to glorify that bottom image like we somehow think that it's heroic and wonderful to create parents where the father is nowhere to be found 
mm-hmm. daddy's out doing whatever you know he's he's looking for the next you know the next uh the next lizzo situation right mm-hmm. or he's going to the club and the mothers are home with all those kids and it cost. do you know guess how much it costs to raise a child in america mm, a quarter of a million dollars did you know that yeah i can believe that probably and then some but the thing is is that even now when you do have the image at the top go back to that other image Which one? The family, the nineteen oh. sixties. Yeah, we, we there are still some families that look like that in the, yes. from the nineteen sixties, but we don't really see much of them. They're almost invisible. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. We, yeah. we well, you know, one place where we still talk about that kind of stuff actually is the All Black National Convention. So, if you guys haven't looked into it, we hope you'll go take a look. Um, you can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. Uh, the URLs on I'll put the URL on the screen. And that's one of the things we realized is that we need real authentic black leadership. And it, it doesn't come from like one really smart person or one really charismatic speaker. It comes from all of us, <clears throat> experts in all the different areas. So we did something that we've never done. And this was completely funded by our community. We gathered 59 speakers, 59 Ooh, that speakers. That number keeps growing. I think that's great. Yeah, 59 <laughs> speakers. And it cost us a lot of money. It took a lot of energy. And we're bringing them all to Orlando. And our goal is to solve problems. And I want Black people to hear solutions from the people they need to be hearing from. You know, because the people that are on TV are giving mm-hmm. us the wrong answer. We're getting the wrong answer on every test and then wonder why we got an F. <laughs> like, seriously, stop copying off the wrong person. If you're going <laughs> to copy somebody for the test, copy the straight A student. Don't copy the straight F students. So, like, to me, the straight A students are people like like these brothers, like uh, Freddie Taylor and Al oh, Duncan. Yeah, yeah. You know, these are straight A students. These two brothers are both millionaires, and they are fathers, and they are they love their wives, yep. and they are solid dudes that are kicking butt and taking names. I'm going to copy off of them for the test. I'm not <laughs> copying off Mink Mill. I'm not copying off Lizzo. You know, no disrespect to them, but that's not what I'm copying off of. Uh, other people to copy off of would be somebody like a Victory Boyd, oh. who comes from a great family. Uh, she's such a great singer. You know, I always mention how Jay-Z heard her sing. She's at the convention. Jay-Z heard her sing, and he signed her to Rock Nation, like, right on the spot. And she's a growing superstar. But when she went down to Florida to sing uh, for the season opener for the NFL, they told her, they said, if you don't get the jab, <clears throat> you can't sing. And she said, well, for re- religious reasons, I can't do it. I can wear a mask. I can social distance. I can take a test. They said, no, we need you to get that shot. Put this in your body. Her family said no. Mm-hmm. They walked away from that money. They did a Dave Chappelle. They did. They did a Dave Chappelle. It wasn't $50 million, I'm sure. But yeah, it wasn't $50 but still, million. It was a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Believe me, when you go sing for the season opener of the NFL oh, yeah. I know in front of millions of money. people, you got a lot of money on the line. Mm-hmm. They had no problem walking away from that because, for two reasons. One, again, similar to a Chappelle or a Kyrie Irving or whatever, they had their principles intact and they did not, they were, are not slaves to money. We have too many people in our community who are now slaves to money, you know, and, that, and that's really, honestly, that's where you get this buffoonery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do Like I'll do anything that that man tells me to do as long as he's going to make sure my bank account stays fat. And that to me is not, not your, your body stays fat. <laughs> right. I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to make fun yeah. of Lizzo's body. I'm not yeah. even, you know, she can be, <clears throat> there's, I know a lot of fat people. I used to be a fat person, you know, before you start making me run. You I did not make you run. I guess you did. You, you put your, I, I just oh, said she you can me. come along if you want. No, you, you, well, you know what? I'm glad you talked me into it. You're so sexy. I would have followed you anyway. I just you invited anywhere. you. She don't know. The first time we were running, all I did was run behind you so I could look at your booty. 
You okay? <laughs> I did. That's I why did. you're so slow. <laughs> I was yeah, yeah, I, I was enjoying the view from the back. That that was my injection of endorphins. It just kind of helped <laughs> me get past the pain. I needed some something to numb me up. But uh, but by the way, um, uh, I'm gonna read uh this comment from Blue Blue Collar Intellectual made another donation. So <clears throat> you keep making these donations, man. I I respect. I appreciate that immensely because believe me, this money will be put to good use. Um, that convention is so expensive. Uh, let's see here. He says the end of inter- of segregation was good, but forced integration led to the destruction of all black schools. They graduated very intelligent black yes. children that outperformed their white peers. Yes, they did. Thomas Sowell discussed this at length. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that's the complication, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we all have to go become conservatives in order to make our points, right? Like, Thomas Sowell is, is a complex figure in society, but I think all those voices should be heard. And uh, and I think that's important. Um, and, uh, oh, and then uh, he's also, he says, props on your showing at the Solutionary Summit. Maj is a friend. B1. Yes. Shout out to Maj. Shout Maj. out to Maj. Maj is coming to the All by National Convention, too. Oh, I can't wait to see him again. Yeah, Maj is great. Maj, Maj well, you mess with Maj, he'll shoot you. I know. He's, I ain't messing with him. He's the gun dude. But you know, he don't come with that energy. It's just like, there's something about him. You're like, I'm not going to mess with him. I'm not gonna poke. I'm not, I'm not gonna poke the monster ray dragon. <laughs> that's my boy, though. That's a good, so good smart. dude. Good, very good man. All right. So, uh, by the way, if you could please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, you're watching Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins, and um, and <clears throat> my wife is a full professor of social work and a licensed therapist, and um, my doctor's in finance, and so we like to have intelligent conversations against our pillow. Uh, Alicia, you can follow her coaching with Dr. Alicia. Please follow her on Instagram. If you're interested, if you're intrigued by this, uh, also you can go to coaching with Dr. Alicia.com. She does see couples and stuff like that. So let's, 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 let's go in a different direction. So you, uh, babe had, had educated me on, um, stereotypes Ah, of black women. And, and these are stereotypes a lot of people don't know about. And, and, so and and this is what you it, it, people like yourself who kind of have studied this sort of thing, um, you 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 see these things like when you see hip hop imagery and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, and and so can you kind of talk about some of that? But maybe start with the uh, like the mammy stereotype. Yeah, so the mammy stereotype, which is the auntie mama stereotype, so it came from slavery, right, boys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. And it's like the house slave, the person who was usually really large in the kitchen, looked like auntie mama. Mm-hmm. Um, they would be the wet nurse to the babies, mm-hmm. and they were always smiling, kind of patting up all the white women and the and the white children while they were running around getting hurt. They took care of the oh. house. They took care of the house. They were in the kitchen. They cooked everybody. They were nurturing to everybody. Okay. And if you like, just pull the baby into upset, a, pull the baby into her boobs. And, yeah, if you were upset, you needed someone baby. to, to talk to. Some breast milk. And they're always they're always pretty overweight. They're always smiling. Um, they're always pretty positive, and they're asexual. Oh, interesting. So they, they're not they're not um sexy. They're not um they're not married. Okay. All they do is just dedicate themselves to making sure white people are comfortable. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have the mammy stereotype, which I honestly um you know, I you know, when I think about the mammy stereotype, mm-hmm. um uh, first of all, you know, things like Gone with the Wind. Right? Oh, yeah. She won an Academy Award for that. What was her name? Hattie McDaniel? I don't remember. 
I think it's Hattie something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and then and then and then of course you got Oprah. Oprah's the ultimate mammy. Oprah, Oprah is. Yeah, she the, became a billionaire off of it. Well, you know, there's big money in mammying. Like white women love mammies. Mm-hmm. They love that stuff. Like they kind of like, <laughs> like, you know, like they they like they really. You ever hear how they talk about Oprah? Oh, she's she's um she's put up on the pedestal for sure for that mammy stereotype. So they're honoring the ancient mama. So what? But it's still a stereotype, and it's still damaging. <laughs> really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, shout out to Oprah, the billion dollar man. Is she the billion dollar man? She's mammy? a billion dollar mammy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, Oprah, the billion dollar mammy. Okay. So, uh, the next one you had mentioned was um, the Jezebel. Okay. So, tell me about the, the Jezebel. Oh, stereotype. the Jezebel. That's the black whore stereotype. Oh. Ooh. Damn. It is. Okay. And that whore. came yeah, that came out of slavery too, because um the black whore stereotype came out of unfortunately there were a lot of women who were raped. A lot of black women who were raped. Mm, okay. And they were raped by white men. Mm-hmm. And sort of um instead of course, you know, black women are less than objectified, um, it was somehow their fault for being raped. Mm. It's your fault for being raped because you shouldn't have walked around my husband like that. You shouldn't have walked around Ooh. scantily clad and dressed like that. So it's your fault. Damn. So you got raped and it's your fault because you. Because, because you asked for it. Oh, Lord. You well, asked for it. You deserved it. Well, you know, I, I Google searched like some of the stereotypes, some oh, of the you? images uh-huh. from the past. And what's interesting is when I look at the images, like on the bottom, like the three bears, like this is very sexual with three mm-hmm. black women with bear booties out. And then another one where you got the. Uh, the lady whose booty's so big, the little white man is sitting on her butt. Yeah. And then the other Shelf one. The, booty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other one where the lady's got her leg up in the air in a very sexual way. And then this one where she's got her tongue out. That's, I mean, that I really thought about that when I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I put those images next to the Meek Mill Lizzo image and I said, damn. Mm-hmm. Hypersexual. We have not progressed. We've gone mm-hmm. backwards. Mm-hmm. And we know it because, you know, if black women are sexually assaulted, it's not taken very seriously at all. Mm, mm. It's not taken seriously. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, mm-hmm. oof, oh, my goodness. Okay. So, the next stereotype you mentioned, um, we can put them together if you want to, um, like the gold digger and welfare queen stereotype. Yeah, the welfare queen. Yeah, so the, the woman who's just, all she's into is making money. She don't care about taking care of her kids. She don't care about, it's so interesting. So, where the mammy was asexual, and the Jezebel whore, black whore stereotype is the total opposite of that, where you're just hypersexual. Mm-hmm. Um, the gold digger doesn't really care about any of that. The gold digger is just like, I just want money. I want, remember how, remember when uh, 1980s, when President Reagan brought in this welfare queen and she's yeah. driving a, um, I don't know, she's driving a Cadillac. Oh, why a Cadillac of all types of cars anyway driving a, driving a cadillac and she's on welfare yeah that's what that was the big thing to demonize and what it did was it demonized poor people it it you know it demonized um black women who were struggling struggling to take care of their children um you know and and they just said you're just here just to live off of welfare which by the way welfare is not necessarily it's a safety net so it's not something that people actually live off of and generate i mean that stuff is a stereotype we learn that and you learn that in social work school it's it's Mm. incorrect you know but um but it is a stereotype that was pushed out there 
and um, it was awful. Mm, okay. Yeah. Now, um, this sister, uh, LRGA Curves, makes a really good point. She says, Boyce, you come off as a sus hater. I think she's talking about sisters. Uh, the way you hyper-focus on Lizzo. Ask her out already. Although she wouldn't give you the time of day, someone should. Okay. So, okay. so uh, we're defending Lizzo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that, that, that I've noticed that. I've noticed that there's like a rush among some people to really feel like they have to defend Lizzo uh, because the way the narrative has been portrayed, it seems, is that anyone who critiques this, like if anybody sees this and says, you know, you're talented, you're beautiful, you, you could be talented and beautiful without also presenting. Oh, Lizzo, I mean, Lizzo as a person is way better than this. She's better than this outfit. She's better. She deserves to be. Look at that face. She's not happy. She no, ain't she, happy in she that outfit. She don't look happy in that picture. That's for sure. You know, and she really is. <clears> a bl- <throat> she's blending the mammy stereotype with the um with the whore stereotype. It's almost like a blend. Yeah. In those two things. It's like mammy is not in the kitchen anymore. Mammy is um sad, and mammy is going to try to go out for the night. Like she's numbing some kind of pain. Oh, you know that. Like, sure. like, like, I'm gonna really do all these things because deep down I'm unhappy because maybe my father wasn't there, or well, it, I you always can't just felt... rest everything on whether your father was there or not because she had a close relationship with her father. I think. Um, Did she? Yeah, I think that's what I read about her history. Oh. Um, but you know we can't say that. But the thing is that she's clearly not a happy person. You know, mm. and there's clearly some struggles going on within her. I think we did a video on that where we were just really encouraging her to get some help with that. Because wearing that outfit, I don't even know what to call it. Just kind of just coming out like that is a sign. Is she screaming for some help? Yeah, that's a, oh my gosh. It's it's pretty sad. And her people on her team, shame to those people on her team. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, know, if, you, should be if you really compare and contrast supporting the me. images, I mean, think about this, right? The images on the bottom, 50 years, 60 years later, are seen as undeniably racist. Mm-hmm. They're undeniably derogatory, undeniably disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But those images on the bottom, if you ask me, are not much different from the images on the top. Mm-hmm. So why is it that we can look at something from the 1920s and say, oh, my God, how could they do that? But see the same similar images in 2021 and say, oh, that's lit, yo. That's cool. I wonder mm-hmm. what people were saying back so in the 1920s. So we're trying to glorify the whore. Mm-hmm. We're glorifying. And these are all the things that, I mean, I don't even think people understand what a stereotype means. First of all, stereotype is a lie. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're more than just, a yeah, you might be nurturing, but that's just one side of you. Everybody has a bunch of different sides to them. And so it's like putting you in that box is very, it's oppressive. Let's mm-hmm. just call it that. It's oppressive. Well, a stereo- mm-hmm. the reason stereotypes are oppressive, in my view, is because regular people got to deal with this right like if i if i let if i let rappers portray mm-hmm. the black man as an ignorant thug mm-hmm. who's created babies mamas and wreaking havoc throughout the world what happens to me when i go and i try to like tell people hey i'm an engineer oh and i hate or, that and then people are surprised Ooh, you an engineer it's just like oh sit down right, somewhere right right <laughs> or they'll be, or they'll be, or they'll be, be like oh you're black and you can't play basketball you ever see that? You know what I'm talking about. Like, like, I, like I our son. That every day. Our son goes to that. He's six foot six. And they're like, oh, well, you're wasting all that height and all that talent. And we're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's an engineering student. What? Why is that surprising to you? If he were Asian, you wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So people need to kind of understand these stereotypes 
It's not like these are just celebrities living their best life and we need to leave it alone. No, all this shit rains down on us. It rains down on regular people. The black woman who goes to work is going to have a guy at the office start playing Cardi B and assume that she knows how to twerk and assume that she's going to be down for whatever, you know, and she's going to be like, that's not who I am. And people don't see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. Okay. It is ridiculous. It's nuts. <laughs> but, okay, but that's anyway. what it is, and that's what media does. That's why I was saying all of it is media. That's what media promotes. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when we don't have control of the media. Right, and it ain't really about Lizzo and Meek Mill. It's not no. about the artists. It's really... They come and go. They yeah, come and go. It's these multi-billion dollar uh, record labels mm-hmm. that, you know, um, that are out here making money saying things about black people that um that they don't say about other people they don't say these things about white people they don't say these things about jewish people they don't say these things about asian people they only say these things about black people and shout out to dave chappelle who took all that on Mm -hmm. i mean dave chappelle god bless him that that brother like he inspired yeah he He said i won't be doing another one of these in a while and he knows why because he's like i'm gonna go all in with this um with this special because who knows this is this is his moment he's got to shine this is his moment to get it all off his chest and he did that yeah he did and i I feel like what Chappelle did you know it just takes me back to like when you're really talking about what's really going on in the culture you know um we can't sit here and assume that just because white liberals think it's okay, that it's okay, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and he made that point, you know, in his particular context, but I'm thinking about this in terms of music, just cause you know, these liberals are full of all these white people that tell you that it's, it's cool and it's lit to act like this and act like that and whatever, that that doesn't make it okay. Just cause they paid you a lot of money to do it. Doesn't make it okay. And these uh, individuals are the most responsible for all of this, because when I look at Lizzo or whomever, any hip hop artist. They're not really, to me, they're, they're just kind of doing what they're told. They're doing what, like, because I, I feel like there was somebody who probably told Lizzo, like, you know what, uh, it's great that you can sing and you can play the flute, but it would be better if you could twerk while you play the flute at the same time. Oh, you got to have a gimmick. Right. Because there's a whole lot of people that can sing. There's a lot of, so much talent. You, what's going to separate you from the rest? Oh, well, I can, I can drop it like it's hot. I can, I can do this. Even that's going to get played out. I don't know where we're going to get next time. Yeah. How far there is no. And the thing is, is that we got to look at art and what's creative and where it comes from. I mean, you can't really put limits on art anyway. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's what Lizzo is saying. But well, if that's the case, why can't it be something else? It's the same note. OK, Lizzo, we already saw your ass at the um <laughs> at the um, Bulls or whatever game she went to. The L.A. Lakers game. Oh, my God. We already saw that. Can you be creative and do something different? It's like she's just a one note. And so where's the creativity in that? I don't see anything creative creative about a fishnet outfit. Oh, that was that was scary, too. Like, why can't she just be creative? Did y'all see that when Lizzo was at the Lakers game? It was it was kind of scary. Like and she and, you know, and she wasn't she and it was it was like um, an interesting thing where. You know, where it was like, okay, let's just get publicity at all costs. And she shows up wearing this crazy outfit <laughs> uh, that was about as crazy as the one she has now. 
Okay, we saw and, that. Pretty soon, people are gonna be like, "Snore, <laughs> you're yeah, a snore." <laughs> yeah, and 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 what I think, and I think that's the thing. That's the challenge I would give Lizzo. I I would have I would like to create the Lizzo challenge, and this is a challenge that's not it's for everyone. Creative. It's a challenge just for Lizzo. Mm -hmm. The Lizzo challenge is: Can you just show us how talented you are without being sexual, without being derogatory, without? embarrassing yourself and your family in your community can you I just want her to be creative yeah just, just show your creativity go yeah. inside and do a song a real song that's not against all your haters which i thought was like lame you know just do a song that comes straight from her creative side and that's gonna require some sort of a process a very spiritual process for her to do that but mm. she needs to do that and create who and what she really is i see her as a lost person i would love to see lizzo sit with like some really sharp spiritual black woman like queen oh. of, like queen of fool oh queen of fool can you imagine what down. queen of fool would be crying and tissue oh lizzo she, she was so like helper but mm -hmm. poor girl I, I that's what i want i would love but it's not really about lizzo it's really about i'm not even really if lizzo wants to just you know hoe it out i'm not gonna judge that um but you know like willie d used to say let a hoe be a hoe back in the day uh <laughs> you know like like it's cool but but I, I, it's more like my concern for the community at large and uh and i remember i was on tiktok and i saw that somebody sent this to me where lizzo was on tiktok an app for children and she was on her knees basically saying let me taste this mf -er, right like like i like i'm gonna put this man's penis in my mouth and she's simulating oral sex on tiktok and tiktok is an app for kids and i remember just thinking you know there's nothing wrong with people being sexual right we know that that's real but there's an appropriate place for everything right mm -hmm. it's like um and i think that that's where people don't get it right when 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 you talk about this kind of thing it's not like you're saying it's wrong for her to express her sexuality everybody does right but it's like if i walked in my grandma's house and peed on the living room floor and my grandma it would be like why are you peeing on the living room floor <laughs> and i would say well grandma what do you have against pee everybody pees my grandma would be like, yeah, but you pee in the bathroom. Well, it's disrespectful to right. your grandmother. Well, I would, and I would never mm -hmm. even pee on my grandmother. I know you wouldn't do it, but I mean, that was, that's the problem. Yeah. You it's know? like, it's like just kind of like, you know, like just have boundaries. I think that's it. Like, the, like Meat Mill's uh, album cover. I don't think that album cover would have caused any problems if it wasn't on the side of a city bus. <laughs> like you got little six-year-olds like, mommy, what's that pink dot between that lady's legs? And little girls looking up to that, which means you are effectively exposing your young children to pornographic images, sexualizing them, making little girls look up to this kind of thing. Right. And then years later, you have R. Kelly type situations where you got the R. Kelly's. He ain't the only one. There's millions of people like that, or at least hundreds of thousands that will roll through the playground mm -hmm. looking for the 12, 13 year old who ain't got parental supervision, who thinks she's growner than she actually is. Mm -hmm. that's what it is so stop serving up your little girls as future hookers let them be children shit i mean is that too much to ask am i being an <laughs> asshole for saying let the children be children mm -hmm. or, introducing them into these uh sort of things too early is problematic yeah 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 mm -hmm. so shout out to dave Chappelle. yeah shout out to dave for Chappelle. making the world safe for uh critical thinking once again because <laughs> we've been doing this for a while but it was it's easier to do it now uh -huh. because he went on and we should really talk about dave because i i think dave deserves to be honored yeah you know yeah. for the way he handled things on netflix mm -hmm. 
and I love the way see here's the difference between Dave Chappelle and like other you know artists or comedians who sell out. Dave Chappelle is not addicted to money. And he's more committed to his principles than he is to the dollar bill. That's it. That's the basic common denominator. That's that's what makes creates him. That's what creates any black person you ever see that stands up and says, you know what? I don't need your money. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. It's usually because they, they they figured out the meaning of the word enough. Now, this is getting in my space because, you know, I'm a financial guy. I'm financial psychologist, my mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. So he figured out what the word enough means. He's like, I, I got a $60 million contract. I don't need more of your motherfucking money. You know, I don't care if you cancel me or, you know, and, and that's important you because you have to be able to live with yourself. Yes. You have to be able to say, OK, I'm I'm really honoring my convictions here and what I believe in. I mean, when there's a disconnect, that's a problem. I mean, you have mental health issues. You have all sorts of guilt and all sorts. No, he's not living like that. Yeah. A lot of yeah. black people live in fear. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, and I and I can tell you um, because that, that cancel culture and all that, that, that's that's real stuff. I mean. You know, I remember um, a couple years ago when when I made a comment about Lizzo on Twitter and Lizzo responded. Right. And and when she responded, that kind of the of course, the white liberal media all went crazy trying to label me, you know, in whatever racist stereotypical Oh, they way. said she she handed you. They said she, well, ha- she well, got they, you. Good. They came back like I like I was toxic masculinity and that th- this is sexism. And, you know, that's what they do. Right. Mm-hmm. They defend their own. Um, I got canceled to some extent. I didn't really get canceled. I mean, I didn't give a shit, but, but, but actually I was, um, supposed to give a speech at the, um, in, in Birmingham, Alabama with the, uh, what's that? Uh, I can't remember the name. Gaston, Gaston, AG Gaston group. Yeah. And I love AG Gaston. Like I've talked about AG Gaston immensely. Every black person in the world needs to know about AG Gaston, just as a quick point. Write this down, A.G. Gaston. Look this brother up. Bad black man. Well, I was supposed to give a speech for them. And because they had white people that were funding their event, corporations, and they saw this headline, sexist black professor attacks Lizzo for dressing like a whore and embarrassing black women. Um, they basically, that wasn't the headline, but that was my headline in my head. <laughs> they, they, they reached out and said, you know, you, you can't come here and speak. Now, here's the deal, right? I wasn't going to backpedal. I wasn't backpedaling off of shit. I'm not apologizing when I know I wasn't wrong. Um, but I, you know, but these, th- there's a cost to that, right? I was going to get $10,000 for that speech. And I'm going to tell you, it is the ultimate blessing to know you can go somewhere and speak for 20 minutes and get $10,000. Mm-hmm. I do not for one moment. Yeah. I do not for one moment pretend like that's par for the course, and that I'm not infinitely blessed to have a chance to do that. But when they did that, I politely said, uh, "You can kiss my whole entire black ass." Um, I'm not backing off of this mm-hmm. because the community matters to me more than getting your little corporate paycheck. And it, but here's the thing: it, I didn't really take that stand just because I'm so infinitely courageous. I did it because I was financially secure. Mm-hmm. And I had learned the meaning of the word enough. You can't buy me now. And I'll tell you one thing: you did not lose not one minute of sleep. No, I didn't. So it did not have an effect on you well, psychologically. You were, sleeping, you were sleeping right next. To <laughs> I me. was right here. We were sleeping good. Yeah, yeah. By like, AG Gaston. I know it was, it was. It was literally like one of those things where I was like, "Oh, can you believe that they can't? They canceled my speech." And and then I was like, "So what's for dinner?" Like it was like that fast. It wasn't even like, "Oh my God, Lord Jesus, how is not how we gonna pay the bills?" It wasn't a catastrophe. <laughs> anyway, um, 
I want to let everybody know that this is a pillow talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia, and this is where we lay against our pillows and have uh, intelligent conversations. There's enough ignorant dialogue in the world, so we figured, uh, you know, we're both college professors, and, and we we like we want to engage our people. And uh, so, if you're into that kind of thing, um, you're welcome to to hang out with us on the platform. And also, Alicia is going to be with us at the All Black National Convention this year, uh, which is going to be in Orlando, Florida. Uh, October 29th through November 1st. I hope you'll join us because it's going to be really great. It's the biggest convention we've ever had. And basically it is necessary right now, probably more than ever, uh, because we're, we're dealing with a lot of problems. You know, you have millions of black people who can't get jobs now because they didn't want to get the jab. Uh, that means you're going to have to figure out how to start your own business. You're going to have to educate your own kids. You're going to have to figure out how to live off the grid. So we brought together a black brain trust that's going to help us get that done. Solution oriented people. Uh, like one sister that's going to be there is uh, Teddy Ewing, who is um, a crypto and investing expert who's actually flying all the way in from Egypt. Uh, she's brilliant. She works with us in the Black Business School. Another person is Queen Afua. Uh, Queen Afua is, if you haven't looked her up, it's AFUA. She's the she's my Dr. Fauci. Um, this, this woman is brilliant and wonderful. She's 68, has the energy of a 30-year-old. And the way she's responding to this whole jab economy, she's not judging you on whether you get the jab or not. What she's saying is instead of taking big pharma solution of, you know, buying some overpriced pill or getting some jab that you're not comfortable with, how about you take care of your immune system? Mm -hmm. How about we look at the fact that while we know 600,000 people died from the, the, the virus, we also had 600,000 people die from heart disease. You know, from all this crazy food that they that they got, they got us eating the stuff that they're putting in the food that they're not telling us about. So Queen of Fua is 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 somebody that I think is more consistent with our culture. And there's just a long list of great people that are going to be there. And we're also doing something. This was Alicia's idea. We're going to do speed dating. Uh, and the reason we're doing speed dating is not just because Alicia is a relationship therapist, uh, but also because one of the things you guys have mentioned to us since the last convention is that when you start becoming black and conscious, when you start vibrating on a higher frequency, when you start becoming woke and aware, you run into a, just a lot of people that are not quite there with you. It's like being a it's like being a, a college sophomore trying to date kindergarten. Oh, it's lonely. It's a very lonely feeling when mm. you come into this and you need to have a group of people who who think like you. So you yeah. have to sort through all of the other people who you're like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, yeah, so if you're looking to date somebody who's not going to make fun of you because you don't know the Cardi B lyrics, <laughs> like, come to the All Black National Convention, you know, so we're going to have fun. We're going to do the Backyard Barbecue. We're doing Black Movie Night. We're having the B1 Awards. We're going to give awards out to Black people in the community who are doing their thing and doing excellent work. Uh, so join us. You can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. Uh, the URLs on the screen. Uh, this is a celebration of black excellence. So hit the thumbs up button, hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. So this week, um, babe, we were watching this interesting show um, online or on Netflix called Squid Game. Oh. And uh, Squid Game uh, was uh, really, it's, it's, first of all, it's gory as hell. And, uh, but it's good. Like if you can handle the gore, um, I highly recommend checking out Squid Game. So we were watching Squid Game, which um, it's so tough to watch. Very emotional, very Ugh. emotional, and uh, and 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 I, for some reason, I, I guess maybe because I'm always thinking about what's going on with black people. When I watched Squid Game, uh, the, the, the whole premise, <laughs> the whole premise of Squid Game was like they basically take people that are like desperate, financially needy desperate. and desperate. Mm -hmm. Yes, so it, it becomes a game for really rich people who have money to burn, who find people who are financially desperate. And they put them in this 
in this enclosed space and, and pretty much make them play games for their life. Mm-hmm. Like if you lose the game, you get eliminated for and, their own enjoyment, by the way. <laughs> right. Right. For their own, their own pleasure, their own enjoyment. Uh-huh. And I don't know if anybody else felt that way, but when I watch the squid game or oh, the yeah. hunger games and all that, I always think about black people. I do. It is. I feel like, you know, so I feel like when I'm, when I'm seeing like what's going on, like with the desperation of like, the whole Mammy Jezebel nonsense going on with music and all that. I, I feel like I'm looking at the Squid Games or the Hunger Games, like in, in mm-hmm. real life. Yeah, because you got a prize at the end. You could you gotta get reimbursed. you're gonna get paid. Yeah, you like, get paid. Like you can go <laughs> for playing it. the game. If you play the game and you play the game correctly, you there's a, an award for you. Reward. Yes, no, butter biscuit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, uh-huh. and I feel like we have to kind of say to ourselves you know how do we get out of the squid game like how do we get out of you know do, do black people all have to stop squid game? gaming right yeah because it Ooh, was that would be a good hashtag. Stop squid stop squid game. Game. because they they and i think the most devastating thing about this film is that they were like okay vote it's up to you you can decide whether it has to be majority you, yeah, they, you decide they whether voluntary. you want to sign yep. up for this or not Ooh. and that that's the most sinister thing about them so you can't say we took away your freedom but we really did yeah right L- like life is your prison yeah they get you in this desperate situation where you just do anything to get out of it you even pay for your life to get out of it yeah for sure yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, it, and 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 you notice like in the squid game like there was like this kind of evolution of the character where the main guy who went up ended up winning all the money he kind of learned something that's really important that you know, that there are things more important than money. Yeah, he's like, let's just vote. Let's just, okay, this is a spoiler for people who don't, who haven't seen it, so I don't know, but he, he told the guy at the end, I can't, I won, but let's just vote. Come on, let's stop playing. Let's stop mm. playing the game. Let's be like Dave Chappelle. I'm not going to play. Mm. I'm going to walk I, off. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I think what you just said was a an important, critical point. There literally is a solution for like yeah. so many of our people. Like, Without, if you look at what the way what what liberated Dave Chappelle, was it that he made all the money and had all the success? Was it that he he conquered the white man on his own territory? No, Dave Chappelle just said, "I'm not playing your non-participation. Game. I'm gonna not participate in this." Yes, yes. So, so many of our people, I think, are so determined to try to win the game mm-hmm. that they never ever learn that you ain't even got to play. If you, you don't, don't have to play. Right. And I and I agree. And that was that was actually something I decided years mm-hmm. ago. I said, I'm not playing your game. I'm not I'm not working for your corporations. I'm mm-hmm. not going to sit around here trying to get you to like me. I don't need your validation. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing your game. And clearly some things went wrong in order for them to even be in a position where they're so desperate. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they were kind of like not really adhering to some of the things they needed to have been doing anyway. Because that's what got them into that position to be so desperate. They okay. had choices to make along the line. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think there's there's the lesson there, right? In my yeah. view, like it's it's you know you ain't got to play the game. You know, God gave you the freedom to choose freedom if that's what you want to do. And and I believe when I think about freedom, I think about you know you go back to that whole comparison of what life was like for Black folks before we started wanting all these things we didn't really want. And what it's like now, now that we're chasing the bag and chasing validation and all this other stuff, chasing fame, Instagram fame and all this other nonsense. like well, Expensive items. Why would you want to buy? Why would you waste your money on all that expensive stuff? I don't know. I don't know. So that you can be a slave to something else. 
boom, there you go. So, so you I, adhere to this image. I can go on and on, but go ahead. No, I think mm -hmm. I think we had we've had our revelation. <laughs> yeah. Any, any final thoughts, babe? I'm not playing the squid game. There we go. No squid game. No squid gaming. Sorry. Don't <laughs> no squid, squid game me. Ga Ooh, squid gaming. That's like a, a verb or something. No squid. Don't you, squid game me. You squid gaming today. <laughs> Quit squid gaming. I ain't playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So uh, anyway, uh, this is uh, Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. Uh, my website is boycewatkins.com, which you guys may or may not know. And uh, also, uh, you can follow uh, Dr. Alicia at coachingwithdralicia.com. Um, she is a couples counselor, so she does see couples. So if that's if you're interested in that, feel free to uh, visit the website. Also, you can follow her on Instagram at coachingwithdralicia. And so uh, I want to say thank you all for joining us for another Pillow Talk. This was a really fun conversation. I hope you'll hit the thumbs up button, subscribe. And if you know other intelligent black people who are tired of the nonsense, who want to grow, um, you know, I hope you'll share the video. I hope you'll let them know like what we're doing, like the revolution's happening. And what's happening is that intelligent black people are not afraid to be smart anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I think all of us should be speaking up. We need the loudest voice, not just, you know, the people that are fitting into whatever nonsense that they're giving you a media. Um, and so again, uh, that's, that's the whole premise of the all black national convention, which is, you had something you want to say, babe? Yeah. You know, I just realized we didn't talk about that last stereotype. Oh, what's the, which was the last one? The gold digger? No, the sapphire. We didn't talk about the, um, angry. Oh, did angry we talk black. about the angry black woman? Mm -mm. No, we didn't. That was okay. the last one. Okay. So the oh. angry black woman, you mentioned gold digger, the welfare queen. The um, Gold Digger Welfare Queen, Jezebel Black Whore. Mm -hmm. um, what was the other one? I never can remember it, all of them at the same time. But um, let me see. I, oh, I the, Mammy, wrote, the Mammy, the Mammy yeah. and your mama. Jezebel Mammy, Gold Digger Welfare Queen, Sapphire. Uh huh. Did I get them all? The Sapphire is the angry black woman. Okay, the Sapphire is the angry black woman. Yeah, and I and I have uh, that that um stereotype is particularly problematic because. After being oppressed, and we talk about all the different ways black women have been oppressed, and when you when you respond to it out of anger, when you should be angry, you should be angry if your children are being killed in the street. Like, you know, you should be angry by some of the injustices, right? And so it's almost like there's no compassion for that anger. Mm. You know, it's just saying, "Oh, you're just an angry black woman," but it's like you're getting off the topic. Why am I so angry? Why are we so angry sometimes? You know, it's because of the hurt. It's because of the disrespect. It's because of the abuse. You know, it's the most compassionate thing you can do for somebody is allow them to be angry mm. because they should be angry. We shouldn't be happy. You know, mm -hmm. we shouldn't be happy by some of the things that we see. So the angry black woman is the fourth stereotype. Okay. All right. All right. So anyway, um, thank you for sharing that. I, that, that was I, my I, last I, one. <laughs> I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And, um, and that's what we have to understand is that the stereotypes are all around us. You know, it's it's um we, we think everything's changed and the world's gotten better. But I mean, if you look at what, the way they're portraying us now and the way they portrayed us 100 years ago, there's not much of a difference. I think the main difference now is that we are squid gaming to some extent because many of our black people are signing up for this. Mm -hmm. You know, Meek Mill, I think he's signed with Jay-Z, you know, and Jay-Z, I imagine if Jay-Z didn't feel that this image was appropriate, then Jay-Z would put an end to it. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I understand, you know, you want to talk about freedom of expression and all that. Well, why don't we express ourselves in a way that's benefiting our people as opposed to always, you know, going for the lowest common denominator. Mm -hmm. So sure. um, so thank you all very much for hanging out with us. God bless you. It was great. Um, join us, All Black National Convention, October 29th through November 1st. 
we're meeting in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Alicia has brought in speed dating. Uh, we're going to have speed dating. We've also got some great experts coming in. Uh, Jay Ortiz is a hip-hop artist actually out of Philadelphia, Meat Mill City. He actually has the uh, first NFT art gallery. That's awesome. Ever. Yeah, yeah. He, so he's, uh, he's an artist to the fullest. He runs art from the heart. He's a smart young brother, uh, 29 years old. And just killing the game. Um, you and I both loved Lene Javette, who is a business startup specialist, mm-hmm. who uh, was actually help, very helpful in a lot of the things that you and I have done. So a lot of great people like that. Uh, we mentioned Queen Afua, Devon Travell. Uh, this brother does, um, he, he created a game called the Black Wall Street game. Ah. And uh, yeah, and Devon is uh, one of the faculty in the Black Business School. He teaches our children. We have a great children's program in the Black Business School because we understand that one of the ways for Black people to get ahead is to teach our children wealth before everyone else does it. Right. And if you do that and you make that part of your family culture, then you can always win. And uh, so we've got a lot of great people at the convention and I hope you guys will join us uh, all black national convention dot com. And um, and then another little footnote is that we actually have B1 T-shirts that we'll sell at the convention if you'd like to get one or if you want to get one online, you can go to woke black dot com. So if you're B1 uh, and you want to express that, that's the logo. That's the one we're using. So feel free use the hashtag and uh, hit the thumbs up button on your way out. And uh, God bless you, everybody. It was great talking to you. We love you. We'll see you soon. Bye, everyone.